Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and with me as always is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, my name is Marek Larwood. With me always is... Oh, not with me always. <laughs> Sounds like a song lyric. I realise that as is quite important. It's, yeah, yeah. It's I'm not going to use, I'm going to say it differently. My name is Matt Larwood and with me always <laughs> is David Reed, Whether in body or in mind, but never both. Always one. One or the other. Or the other. Yes. Uh, this is Film Fandango and we're going to be discussing films for approximately some time. But it's not just us this week. We have a special guest. Holy Shit. It never happens. Uh, please welcome Gemma Arrowsmith. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Gemma? I'm very well, thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Oh, thank very happy me. to have you. Um, have you been to the cinema recently? Have you been... Uh... I have. I saw The Danish Girl oh, yes. uh, last week. Oh, I haven't seen. Is it worth seeing? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think... Um, you know how Alan Rickman has been quoted a lot uh, in the last week and he was saying that some roles are just Oscar-winning roles rather yeah, than the actual yeah, performance? Yeah. I think it's that. I think it's it's the role that's an Oscar-winning role. So anyone could have played that role and won an Oscar. Well, I was telling Marek last week that I went to uh, the Picture House Central uh, to oh, try and nice, see The right? Revenant and got turned away because it had sold out. But yeah. Eddie Redmayne was there and he he was going to see it. Um, he you saw was Eddie Redmayne or just a, a, a transvestite? It was just a beautiful man. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful man. man. Uh, so I assumed no, it was him. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was wearing dark uh, rimmed glasses and uh, a hat over his face. He is a very beautiful man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you think he is? He looks quite. An, he's quite an odd look to. Uh, he's got. He's got a uh, English aristocracy beauty in that he's got great skin, but looks like a gecko. <laughs> I mean, that's that's okay. supposed to be their Perfect look. Perfect description. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it? Is it worth? Have you seen any other Oscar nominees at all? Uh, what's been nominated? Mad Max, Fury I've Road. I've seen that. Uh, the Revenant. That. I'm going to see that. Room, it, yeah. Room. Looks uh, great. I've read it, but I haven't seen it. I've read um, it. Hateful Eight. The Martian. Hateful Eight's um, not in Picture House, is it? No. I'm a member of I reviewed it last week. Yeah. And um, it's average. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I have been to see a, a film. Tell us about it, Mary. What have you been I've to seen? I've seen The Big Short. The Big Short. Uh, Which so, is also an Oscar nominated film. Is it a comedy? They say it's a comedy. Is that right? Is that fair? I think it is. F- uh, 
the performances are really fun. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. You know when you come out of films, you're trying to work out what happened? Yes. You go in and watch this, it's all about um, the stock market collapse, you know, in about 2008. And, you know, when you, I don't really understand finances. When it's all about, uh, it's some nerds predicting it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and so and trying to bet against the all stock these market. Dickheads who make all the money by putting shorting stuff and trying to predict what's going to happen. And some uh, genius actually looked at the the American rental market and how and all the percentages and how the, all the companies had borrowed against it, and it didn't work out. I mean, that's they never really explained it properly. The first half an hour, you've got. Uh, Ryan Gosling doing uh, sort of mental character, Christian Bale who's got an eye for an Oscar who's brilliant doing playing a a, a, a math genius with a glass eye. All how these... does he play a man yeah. with a glass eye? What does he do? I don't know how he does it. But Christian Bale's brilliant. He's really into it. And is he... it CGI? Is it a CG glass eye? I don't know how they did it. That's quite a good CG glass eye. Yeah, yeah. It's the opposite of Peter. Computer Pop. glass images. Yeah. Computer. I don't know. There's a joke in there somewhere. We'll we'll workshop it. <laughs> Uh, and Steve Carell's in it. They're all really good actors. And the first half an hour, you think, oh, this is really, mm. really watchable. But it suddenly becomes about business. And the problem is, all these people are businessmen, and they're mili- they're fundamentally against everything I stand for. <laughs> yeah. Making money off people's... Making millions and millions off betting against things and ruining people's lives. So you can't have any sympathy with them when, mm. they, when their companies sort of go bust. They're sort of heartless opportunists. You know. Yeah, and it just gets... Uh, it's just sort of scene upon scene about geeks getting stressed about numbers. Yeah. That's it. There's no real drama in it. They're trying to create this drama. Business isn't a very exciting no. subject for a film, no. really, is it? Uh, have you seen Margin Call? No. Which is the one with Kevin Spacey, which is the collapse of Lehman Brothers, which I think is really good. And I think that's a much better film and explains it much more for the idiot like me who wants to understand it. And it has... Great performances, and it's got these very similar story at a similar time. This has got great performances, but the subject matter is fundamentally boring. And I was surprised it's it's another one of these Oscar things. I think this is quite good. I give it seven Marricks, and you know, you enjoy it for the first half an hour, then you'll get really, really bored and think, all oh, right, I don't really care about any of these people. Uh, but Steve Carell, Christian Bale, and um, what's his name? Uh, all these other people, Ryan Gosling, all really good acting. So, so you're, well done. you're saying that it it doesn't work um, where the audience has to really, really hope Ryan Gosling can double his millions. You're saying you just don't get invested. <laughs> in that. Yeah. You really hope he gets to double his millions. Yeah. yeah, I can see how that wouldn't really have any jeopardy. Go and watch Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, or yeah. Margin Call. They're, they're better, better uh, films, I think. So there we go, that's that business out of the way. So have you seen all of the Oscar Best Picture films now? I haven't now? seen Room yet, haven't I haven't seen, seen The Revenant, and I haven't seen Spotlight, which is the one about um, uh, Catholic kids getting bombed. <laughs> which is an Oscar-worthy uh, topic, if that's ever That's like heard a role, one. isn't it? If you play a woman... Yes. Yeah. You play... Uh, <laughs> that's one of them. Yeah. Any woman. Any not, woman. Not a woman playing a woman. A oh, man, a man playing a woman. It has to be a man So the Danish girl, Mrs. Doubtfire, that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> we do not want a woman playing a man. No, no, that no. That is not Oscar. It has to be a man Although did, a woman. did Kate Blanchett, when she played Bob Dylan, uh, get nominated? Probably not. And also Glenn Close. Glenn Close in, Glenn Close in she... Mr. Nobbs. Yeah. 
Is that what it's called? Mr. Mr. Nobbs. Albert Nobbs. Albert Nobbs. Albert Nobbs. I've not seen that. That's where it's a the true story of a woman passing as, as a man, man so Victorian she could be a Britain. butler in Victorian times. She looks like Robin Williams in it. Is she it? looks like a melted Robin <laughs> Williams. Oh, she does. That's very true. <laughs> it's a Danish girl. That's Buddy eating a Christmas tree in the background. Is uh, he supposed to be eating that? Yeah, that's that's a really cheap dog uh, food that he's so bored with our talk about. Um, women in film <laughs> that he's decided to finally start eating it I apologise if it gets too noisy I'll take it off him is the Danish girl as good as Tootsie? I, I love Tootsie so Tootsie's nothing great. will ever come close to Tootsie no. in terms of cross-dressing films they so. must make remake Tootsie soon who I would do it know. though? Who who I could do it? I don't know why it hasn't been turned into a musical it seems yeah. oh it's perfect it's musical perfect, story right? isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's got the high camp, it's got right, the yeah. the emotional storyline. That is far too noisy. But you, you, I'm sorry. What, so who would play the Dustin Hoffman role? In Tootsie? In Tootsie? Yeah. I don't know. It would um, be, I mean, Steve Carell would be the perfect person right. to do, wouldn't he? You need someone He's who fine. does have some comedy chops, but they yeah. do are a bit chameleonic as well. Uh, Steve Carell's done that thing where he's gone from doing comedy actor going, well, I'm going to play... Play some psychopathic sort of serial killers, like the guy, the wrestling guy, and what's it? What was oh, it in that one with Channing Tatum. You have to put on a false nose to uh, transition from comedy into straight acting, don't <laughs> yes. you? That's, yes. that's the rule. Yes. Uh, so that people don't just immediately think of, oh, it's Brick again from Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've talked about that. Should we play our casting game, men? Yes. We play this? Uh, now, it's funny we should have been talking about men playing ladies, uh, because... Uh, I don't know if you know the casting game, Gemma, but what we do is we uh, we try and remake uh, famous films uh, with new people, remake mm-hmm. them now, and Marek and I will both pick our choices and you have to pick okay. who's going to win. We'll do it actor by actor, but what we're going to do is, uh, have you seen The Expendables? Yes. Now, it's That's being good. remade, well, a sort of spin-off of it is being made called The Expendables. Which oh. is the same, but none of the cast has been announced yet. So we're going to Great. suggest our uh, suggestions for it. So this is a band of mercenaries, Brilliant. but it's a bit like, I think, The Expendables is, and this will be as well. It's like the end-of-term cabaret of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, yeah. all of your favourites from around yeah. school, they all put on a beret and hold a gun, and they run around and they do little skits. Yeah. Who um, gets to go first here, though? Because it's definitely well, must... there's an advantage to the person who goes. Yeah, first, there right? is because we can't both have the same one. Um, so this is sort of I'll go the all stars of <laughs> Hollywood kick-ass women is what I'll we're going go first. Okay. Oh, okay, Marek's going to go. First. Well, this is definitely is it actually being called the Expendables? That's that's on IMDb. Surely we've yeah, got yeah. to name all three. That we've got to name all three. No, 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 one at a time. So it's it's each one is against the other one. So you pick when you do them. Expender Bell sounds like a joke. Uh, Linda Hamilton. <laughs> Linda Hamilton. Uh, okay, so uh, Sarah Connor. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, that's the I ultimate, mean, right? Well, I think that's, that's unbeatable. Good. I've got a more <laughs> ultimate um, kick-ass lady than Linda Hamilton. Sigourney Weaver. <gasps> oh, oh shit! Oh, oh shit! Oh shit! I'm gonna lose. It's up to you though. Oh, sorry, Marek. I'm going to have to go with Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. I mean, tragically, Linda Hamilton has now been kicked out of Expender Bells, which really should have been both of them. It should have been both of them. I mean, I see Sigourney Weaver in the the Sylvester Stallone role with Linda Hamilton as Lee Christmas, um, the uh, Jason Statham character. I should have saved Linda Hamilton. Oh. (laughs) Uh, right, I need to think of another one now because Linda Hamilton was my second choice. <laughs> uh, 
Um, okay. I, oh, now he's found a noisy egg. He's found an egg. Buddy, put the egg down. What is it? You, incessant noise making. Um, oh, buddy. Right, I'm going to pick for my third choice, second choice, uh, Kick-Ass Lady. Oh, God. I'm going to go for star of the Resident Evil films and Fifth Element, Mila Jovovich. That's a good... Yes, okay, that's a good choice. I'm going to stick with the Lindas. <laughs> I'm going for... Linda McCartney? No. <laughs> Bellingham, Linda Bellingham. No, Wonder Woman, Linda Carter. <laughs> I was in love with her. She's still alive. Think, How yeah, old is she, she now? She must be 70 or something. But she'd be great. It's supposed to be old. It's supposed to be people you haven't seen ages. You know what? She could play the Mickey Rourke character who like tools them up with weapons, like the one who stays at home oh, and, yeah, okay. and makes their stuff. The Alfred to uh, Sigourney Weaver's Batman. A, pictures of her in. Yeah. I mean, she she'd be. Oh, she's doing all right. Yeah. yeah. This was her a couple of years ago. Okay. Two thousand fifteen. Oh, the original. Marit, I mean, Marit, you've got this one. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so it's one what's, old. what's her name even? Linda Carter. Linda, Linda Carter. Carter. Okay, that's beautiful. Before my time. All right, then, Marek, your final choice for the Expendables. It's one all. I'm going for. Uh, I mean, you, I have to win this, otherwise you'd be racist. Okay. <laughs> I'm going for Angela Bassett, who Ooh. was in Strange Days. Uh, yeah. Also in. Let me show you. Uh, she's. Some other pictures of her. Um, yeah, she's been in Strange Days and loads of other rubbish films. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to. I think she was in uh, Malcolm X as well. I'm going to go for um, kick ass 90s lady, uh, Lucy Liu. Oh. Well, you both. You, so. I you. won't be racist whichever one I choose. That's right. You're fine. Okay. No, you're fine. You've I've done. given you a get out of jail free card there. Thank you. Um, I'm playing the game. Can I see? That's Angela Bassett. Oh, yes. Yes. I know Angela Bassett. Okay. But I think in terms of kick ass, it's got to be Lucy Liu. I'm really sorry. There we go. There we go. The Expendables <laughs> has been cast. So, Hollywood, if you're listening, we want. I'm really sorry, Marek. We want Sigourney Weaver, Linda uh, Carter. And Lucy Liu, please. I played it wrong. You played Linda. I think it was just the order. It was. I think Linda Hamilton should be in there. I mean, Definitely. if you've ever watched an Expendables film, there's room for all of them in it. Like, yeah. it will have far too many people by the end. The fact that Expendables yeah. 3 was trying to collate all of the kick-ass men in Hollywood and had room for Kelsey Grammer in it. <laughs> I mean, there's really... All all women can be in the Expendables. Well, put it in the poster. That's right. And then put Tootsie in as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Well, that's the end of our casting game. Now, as ever, we've asked our guests to bring in a film for us to watch and talk about. And Gemma, the film you brought in was? Uh, Duck Soup. Duck Marks Brothers Soup. Um, now, this is... From early, early on, I can't think of the year. 1933. 33, blimey. Before we talk about the film, why don't you tell our listeners, if they haven't heard of it, what it's about? Um, 
Yes, okay, so it's 1933, it was the fifth film that the Marx Brothers made for Paramount. I know a lot about this because I, I was obsessed with the Marx Brothers when okay. I was a teenager. Um, a lot of that information has leaked out of my head since, but um, it's, yeah, it was, uh, it was their fifth film, and it's about uh, Rufus T. Flyerfly, which is uh, Groucho's character. He is made president of a little nation called Fredonia, uh, and through a, a series of, of uh, errors... He takes them to war with neighbouring uh, Sylvania, I think they're called. Um, I mean, the plot doesn't matter too much, no. if we're honest. It's um, it's an excuse for a series of set pieces. Of uh, stuffy men in, in yeah. suits being uh, humiliated uh, 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 yeah. and annoyed yes. by, uh, yes. <laughs> by the Marx Brothers. When they when they moved to, to MGM, uh, execs got a bit more involved and sort of said, oh, we, we want some proper plot that makes sense and uh, a love story um, but but the this is a sort of golden era I think Horse Feathers and Duck Soup is the golden era of just absolute anarchy yeah yeah uh, which is why I chose this one well also it's the right length for anarchy as well which is yeah, 68 think. minutes yeah. long um, yeah um, like minutes. it's almost so like two short. acts yeah. two acts it's like really a, a play rather than the full yeah. thing um, and it's got that famous mirror the sequence mirror that's been copied by the Muppets and countless uh, other things. I think Bugs Bunny did a yeah, version yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first instance of that. That is that. Is, that's from Duck Soup. So this yeah. is a bit where uh, you can you can do spoilers in a film that's eighty five years old. Yeah, can't yeah, you? yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, when the mirror breaks and then the other guys pretend to be him in the mirror yeah. and copying his. Re- well, he's bro- there's, um, it's uh, Chico and Harpo play spies in this, so they've yeah. broken into Groucho's house and dressed as him simply by putting boot polish, moustaches <laughs> on, and holding holding uh, cigars. Turns out that's all it is. I, would any of us pick out Groucho Marx in a lineup if he didn't have that? No, probably not. Probably not. No. Um, he's in his nightgown with his nightcap yeah, on. Yeah, and then they do the mirroring each other as if they're a mirror mm. whole routine thing, which is just. Great. It goes so weird. Is the fact that then his hat falls off and Harpo hands him his hat and, and they switch round switch through the mirror and it's all such yeah, weird, yeah, yeah. weird comedy I think it's so ahead of its time I know you've been watching quite a lot of Chaplin because of the IMDB game who, are, is, who is the other giant of that the time other giant. so I thought yeah I thought that was another reason why I thought I'd pick this because I think the com- I think the actual humour this is controversial what holds up better than Chaplin I it's, think. that's interesting because I remember uh, we watched The Great Dictator uh, recently mm. or rather I did great and, film and it. it's Chaplin's first talky one yeah. uh, which is 1940 yeah. I think so um, really a decent amount of time after this mm. and you can see just little token attempts to copy that sort of quick fire wit mm. of uh, the Marx Brothers but it, he he's not confident with it and it, no. it there's huge gaps between sort of gags. Yes. You know, and he's far more comfortable with the visual stuff. And it, it's interesting that there was such a big gap between them because I would have guessed Great Dictator came before, before Duck Soup. Yeah, I can totally see why you'd say that. I think that <sighs> Chaplin has the social commentary, doesn't he? Which which the Marx Brothers don't have. Um, and the human story. He's human always story, got a romance yeah, in it and there's exactly. an underdog. Whereas Rufus T. Firefly seems to be just handed the presidency yes. of this country doesn't for no reason. And doesn't, just... No, it doesn't, doesn't. I mean, they get into it so quickly as well. It's literally in the first five minutes, everything yeah. is set up. Right, right. Anyway, enough of that. On with on with the there's, nonsense. I think there's literally like a, the national anthem and then yeah. they say... Uh, a, a posh woman decides who's president of the country. Margaret they... Dumont, who's brilliant, a stalwart of all of the Marx Brothers film, is just a foil for Groucho. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of posh. Well, they're all. I mean, it's how they're all very, very theatre performances oh, around yeah. them as well. well. What's, what's weird about it, I found, 
Yeah, I, first of all, it's, I feel b- bad criticising this film because it, oh, it's no, so incredibly modern. Yeah. It's so influential. Yeah. And it feels like, uh, you, perfect, when you watch it and compare to Chaplin, it feels like it's 20, 30 years later. Yeah. But uh, Groucho Marx, I don't know whether it's his, I've got something against him because I saw a weird American talk show where, um, who's a bloke who, uh, oh, I can't remember it. The writer who wrote the book about the murder in cold blood, Truman Capote's on it, right? And Groucho Marx in a talk show, and Truman Capote's um, (laughs) a new hot new writer, and Groucho Marx is a sort of bitter old bloke who doesn't doesn't like this young upstart and is really patronising and is really horrible in the interview, right? And it's fascinating to see Truman Capote and Groucho Marx on a 70s talk show. Look up. I mean, that on, sounds on, like wow. a play somebody's written, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's incredible. A, what if... But much know. better than modern. If before, when now we're just trying to be really nice and the talk shows and worry yeah, about yeah. their... It, it just comes across as quite rude. And well, then it's yeah. those two. And I think there's a bloke who trains rabbits on it as well. Brilliant. Of course there is. It's something really there's weird. There's the Holy Trinity yeah. right there. <laughs> so that put me off Groucho Marx. But he... Because you've got the theatrical performances of the, the other all the cast... He's sounds like he's reading these lines. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There is a certain um, uh, non-performance. The words to it. are enough, yeah. and, yes. and you, almost yes. like he's just standing in for somebody. But then he does something physical, and you go, "Oh no, he is. He he's is focused. Th- th- this well. is all intentional." I know exactly what you mean because he he does sort of just stand there and look at the floor while he doesn't even really make eye of, contact with people. He's sort of waiting until it's his next Yeah, play. yeah, yeah. Mm. Exactly. It's like watching a kid in a in an activity play. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking, yeah, do your bit, do your bit, like you said. And then yeah. now here's here's my important bit or trying to remember the lines. But I don't know, I, I thought I could see where it's and I just found some of the slapstick in, incredible, but it didn't necessarily make sense oh, no. or work at all. Doesn't make sense. All the jokes didn't it's just sort of the, weird. the pace and and density of it, yeah. you know, that there is material that would be padded out to ninety minutes in another mm. film, and it's over by within yeah. sixty eight. You know, I still think Chaplin's physical stuff is far and beyond uh, the Marx Brothers. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. you know, I I enjoy Harpo's uh, lunacy. The scene, but, the scene with the lemonade seller, yeah, uh, is brilliant. I think the the hats and uh, just uh, and for no reason. Why are Chico and Harpo annoying this lemonade seller? It's that, just because for it's, no reason. it's a vaudeville act, <laughs> exactly, isn't it? That's yeah. all it is. It's yeah. been they're spies. What could they be doing talking <laughs> to a lemonade seller? <laughs> well, he also sells peanuts later on. Oh, yeah, that's true. true. So true. don't don't try. But I mean, we we question. We say we we're questioning their motives but as soon as they have stolen the lemonade seller's stand they he does get made minister of war immediately oh, so yes. he's clearly had an intention because <laughs> yeah. he knew that would happen um that guy the lemonade seller is a chap called edgar kennedy who was uh, who's been in lauren hardy films and uh, the chaplin films right. as well he was like an amazing silent film actor as well it's it there is something to be said for the straight men in these things yeah. that they are so preposterous and yet yeah. they, they at all times you think they could never tell a joke do you know what I mean so that yeah. the comedians seem all the more mischievous yeah. that they're just they're so inflated yeah. and, and pompous and but serious and true at the same time um, did you see I, I saw this on Twitter just as I was coming over here um, the casting for Laurel and Hardy the film oh, of Laurel God. and Hardy no um, who's in it I think you're going to be pleased with this John C. Riley and Steve Coogan in a in a Laurel and Hardy Coogan. biopic, that's interesting. Coogan's just shades of Partridge, isn't he? Really. Well, that, uh, that's interesting. Whether he'll produce something different because uh, 
Stan Laurel is an innocent mm. and Steve Coogan is not, not in anything he's ever played. That's yeah. interesting. I mean, I would have uh, cast Jay good. Baruchel or someone as, uh, as Stan Laurel. Who's Jay Baruchel? He's <laughs> one of these young guys who's in all of this stuff. He plays the voice mm. of uh, of Hiccup in uh, uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Um, that is obscure, isn't it? Yeah, it's this guy. You'll recognise him. He's in everything. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Is this young guy who's in everything? Oh, okay. What do you mean, though? That sort of innocent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You need someone who could be bullied by John C. Riley, and I'm not <laughs> sure Steve Coogan could be. But it's about it's about a, a tour that Laurel and Hardy did really late in their careers. Oh, in so the they're playing real people. Yeah. In oh, yeah. They're not redoing. I see. Uh, it's like a biopic. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So I think that's quite good casting. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly very exciting casting. Cannon and Ball to play them. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be good. Playing young Laurel and Hardy. Um. When uh, in my sketch group, the Penny Dreadfuls, when we first started out, we did the Glasgow Comedy Festival and uh, became the entire uh, <laughs> the entire schedule for a venue called um, uh, what was it called uh, the Britannia Panopticon, which is a, a preserved original Victorian music hall and where Stan Laurel oh. started out, oh. and it was really fascinating being in there. But because it was so old, it no longer uh, and development had happened around it that it didn't have a front door anymore. So the only way to go into it was through a uh, penny slot machines <laughs> arcade and gambling den. You had to walk all the way through to their toilet corridor and then there was the gents, <laughs> the ladies and a Victorian music hall with the three doors <laughs> at the end. It's very, wow. And all of our audiences had to find their way through this way. Very right. strange. What are your favourite bits of Duck Soup then? Um, well, to be honest, all the set pieces, the bits you pick out, the mirror scene, the lemonade cellar the, the the scene where um they have to be quiet the two spies have to be quiet and then they end up making the most gigantic amount of noise playing like a Sousa march and but that that it. sketch because uh, it is sketchy, sketchy their routines, it? has been repeated on so many yeah. things it, you know just like we have to be quiet we keep yeah. making noise but they yeah. they take it so to ridiculous proportions yeah. that you somehow you buy it because yeah. it's the Hobbit with the radio and trying to get rid of the radio. Throwing the, throwing the radio out of the window. Yeah. Harpo playing the internals of a of a piano like a harp. Just It's very odd. Um, I think, I believe, reading once, and this might not be true, but uh, that uh, Groucho was one of the first people to break the fourth wall and talk directly down the barrel of a lens. In, in not Lovejoy. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't Lovejoy. It wasn't Lovejoy. Oh. Oh, that's a shame. Not Lovejoy's not Have you first. seen that remake of Lovejoy, um, Miranda? That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> They're redoing Lovejoy as well, apparently. No, with yeah, who? I don't know. Is he going? Is uh, Ian McShane going to play the Tinker equivalent? And no, uh, he can't. He's too smooth for that. Uh, I'd yeah. love to play Eric in Lovejoy. Oh, you'd too make well, a great no. Eric. You'd make a great Eric. Um, well, yeah, I think I think that's that's Duck Soup. If people haven't seen it, it really is a classic. And if you've never seen a Marx Brothers film, I'd say that's the first mm. port of call, yeah. isn't it? That one or Night of the Opera, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, Gemma. Thank I you for think that's me. that's it for this. What week. are you up to at the moment? Is there anything that you want to? Uh, I used to plug opportunity for the eighty billion. <laughs> 80 billion listeners. I'm, I was so surprised that it jumped up to 80 billion over the new year. But, yes. You know, it's it has like, done. Um, 
I'm doing a, th- a thing called An Evening of Unnecessary Detail uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, you can see it on my website. If you go to GemmaRasmith.com, that will pop up. Oh, and I'm writing sketches for Tracy Ullman's show. So please oh, wow, watch that. Great. Oh, great. Please watch that so it gets a second series and they hire me again. That <laughs> would <good>. be lovely. <laughs> right. Well, um, if you'd like to get in touch um, and we'll read your letter out on the show, then you can email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or you can leave any links you like for our listeners and for us at, on our Facebook page, forward slash filmfandango, or you can tweet us at Mr. David Reed, at Merritt Larwood, at Film Fandango, and at... J- uh, Marrow, M-M-A-A-R-R-O-W. It's complicated, sorry. There we go. Um, we'll be back next That's week. great Twitter name. <laughs> great Twitter name. Keep watching the films. Marrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.